Welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. Today is episode 226, and we decided to keep on keeping with the 2000s horror movies. And what better way to do it than do a action horror movies like mm-hmm. Daybreakers from 2009, a vampire movie, and Pandorum from 2009, sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of vampire action film. Kind of vampire-y. Eh, you know, it's different. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a very unique film mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But we'll get into that. But we we wanted to pick some action films, and usually most people go to Resident Evil or fucking Underworld, and you know, there's so many out there in the 2000s. Like that was like right. the most popular thing. Right. Turning properties like Dracula and Van Helsing and all this other shit into action movies. Uh huh. So, which I actually don't mind. Van Helsing. I don't know if you remember. I do, and I did. I remember liking it. Yeah, it's just one of those like you know popcorn. Yeah, flakes. exactly. You don't really give a shit, and you need those once in a while, right? And and holy shit, boy, has there been an interesting week this week? How about you? Uh, okay, You're doing yeah. a lot. Oh yeah, I guess so, huh? There's been a lot going on for our of, household. A lot of stuff break. Uncle Biden sent his stimmy money up. <laughs> <laughs> We've been buying hookers and blow. <laughs> Amazon's been here like every single day. Yeah, pretty much. But it's all like investment stuff and like house stuff and like bills stuff. Paying off debt. <laughs> yeah, like so. Thanks, Uncle Biden. Appreciate it. <laughs> you could smell my hair all day. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Anyway, so <laughs> we've been doing a lot of things. I actually played this really crazy game live on stream that you guys totally missed out on, and we had a fucking blast playing it, okay? It's this game called Lust from Beyond. It was a game that was back, I backed on Kickstarter that was like a year or two ago. Was that the one where I walked in on you and you you had to like have sex with an octopus or something? <laughs> That's the one. I was like, what the fuck are you playing? Well, I'm tempted to actually make clips from like the stream, but it's in so low res quality that it's almost like, uh, I don't know. But it's funny. Like there's, it's this game that's very Lovecrafty in nature and they use like a a god, like a sex god named Luska, Lubravak Ruska, some shit like that. I don't know. I said it so many times while I was playing it because there's a lot of reading and a lot of fucking. I mean, we're talking like I had to do the pixelated version because, first of all, I'm on Twitch. Second of all, I don't even know how they allow people to play that game, even pixelated, because it is Uh pretty fucking graphic. Oh, my God. But we were laughing. 
I mean, we're children, you know what I mean? So it's like, but like, oh, booby. There was this one part in the game where it was like towards the end and there was this like weird squid looking thing that had an eye and had a weird arm and like a flappy foot, like huge, like Flintstone looking foot. Mm -hmm. And it was like all slithering around on the ground and had a little heart over it, which means you can fuck it. Oh, my God. And I was like, don't mind if I do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've never played. I've never been into like, you know, those sex games or anything like that. But because it had Lovecraft, I was like, you know, it was like the foot in the door. So I was like already halfway there. (laughs) But like, honestly, I enjoyed the game. It is kind of like, what the fuck the whole time you're playing it. Uh But there's an actual story. So, (laughs) but I showed that shit to a couple people, like a clip from that where I'm like, I like held my finger up and like pointed down real slow and then started doing the the business with the squid thing. Oh my God. (laughs) Meanwhile, there's demons in the back. One of them with a decapitated head giving itself fucking fellatio. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot going on in that game. (laughs) I don't know. I just wanted to share it with you guys because people make this shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I didn't hate it or anything. I didn't get aroused. It wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's some stuff in it, though, that I watched some other streamers play. And I was like waiting for that part to happen. And they were like, oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so we're we're uh, updating the studio a little bit. We're we got what like a capture card for the computer, so I can play my Xbox as well as the PC games. So because there's a lot of free games on the Xbox that you can get, or if I ever get a PS5 in the future, I can plug it in there too. So it just takes a lot of the burden off my computer. Got a new monitor. We're investing. We're investing, Christina. Yay! <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> Anyway, is there anything else that happened this week? We we've been watching. Oh, we watched. I watched the Zack Snyder's thing. Uh huh. Zack Snyder's uh, was Justice it, League. Was it good? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, and it wasn't like you know, I'm not going out and like blowing myself on the online about it, but <laughs> I'm also not like being negative about it either. You know, it's just like, oh, I enjoyed that because it really gets into the characters a lot more. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a four hour long fucking movie with a prologue like a. <laughs> Like a 20-minute prologue. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy shit, dude. There's all this reshoots and stuff that they added and, like, all this other stuff. And it really does kind of make you feel better about the character Cyborg because Mm -hmm. they kind of... Joss Whedon did him kind of dirty. He didn't do him justice, Mm -hmm. (laughs) quote, unquote. (laughs) You know, but this kind of reclaims that a lot for even Flash as well, I think. Mm -hmm. His character was way more uh, powerful in this than they did in the in the regular. I, I can't even remember the other one really that much. That's how unmemorable it was. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, been watching a lot of stuff. I'm not sure what we're going to do next week. Do you have ideas? Oh, I always have ideas. What are you thinking? Underworld. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, I know. We're out I'm of the not... 2000s. We're done with the action horror. We're not going to do that. Oh, Fear Footage 3. Well, that's right. We do have Fear Footage 3. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to pair that with something else. So it might be just a wild card movie that we pair it with. Mm-hmm. So unless you guys have ideas and you want us to watch something like I never reviewed the Monster Project, which was like a found footage movie with like vampires and like all kinds of weird shit. Mm-hmm. Or we could do like that Storm Call movie or whatever. It was like a found footage movie in the in a storm, like a bunch of fucking storms that are happening. So I don't know. I wouldn't mind doing that just as a little like wild card, you know, movie. 
Okay. One time. At least we have some horror in the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, if you guys got ideas, let us know and maybe we'll pick it and then do it for next week. So, but it, for sure, we're going to be doing found footage 3 a.m. That's <laughs> <laughs> clever. Which we liked the first two. We did an episode on that. So if you want to catch up on that or watch the, uh, the, the movies, one with the first one seemed like an anthology. The second one is more of a story about the anthology. And then the third one wraps them all together. So it's kind of, it's interesting how he did it. Mm -hmm. Not the best acting. Everybody always gets all pissed off. It's a low budget. Yeah, he did it for $700 each of those movies. He did good for He did amazing. It was passion project. You could totally tell. Right. Like, there is a lot of jump scares in it. But I'll tell you what, that first movie really kind of shook me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, a little bit. You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's eerie. Mm -hmm. He did a good job. That's not easy to do. Right. So, anyway, I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horror shots! So, we decided to pick Daybreakers for our movie to do a shot around. We're alcoholic shots, of course. I'm not taking the shot because I have to drive after this. This is not for your children, just FYI. But if they drink it, who's to know? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Don't let your kids drink (laughs) Anyway, Uncle Alex is up to no good again. (laughs) Anyway, don't let your kids drink, okay? Mama, don't let your babies grow up to listen to BTV, Cal. Stop. Don't sing like that. Come on. Why? How you doing there? Anyway, back to the shot we're doing. No. It's Daybreakers. Stop. Stop. I got a little ditty here for you. Nobody wants to hear your ditty. Anyways, so the shot that we're going to be calling and taking today, actual live on the show, is called a subsider bloodshot. And what is a subsider bloodshot? Well, in the movie Daybreakers, there are vampires that are running out of blood supply humans. Population has died down because these bastards are fucking hungry and they don't give a fuck. Who does that remind you of, Christina? I don't know. We'll get into it later. (laughs) Anyway, so they apparently when they do not have enough blood, they go feral and they become these beast like creatures, which feed on vampires and even themselves, which uh, so we decided to make this shot, which doesn't look like blood. We figured what it would be like, what vampire blood gone feral would look like. Dead blood. Yeah, like dead blood. Yeah. So, in this shot, which I guarantee you, none of you have the balls or vaginas or tatas to be able to fucking drink this shit like I am. And I'm taking two, baby. <laughs> but what's in it is a set three-fourths of a shot, so three-fourths of an ounce of Jägermeister. Then you're going to want to use tomato juice. So, like, your store-bought regular... Like, V8 or... V8 or whatever. That's what I used in this one. And if you have the spicy kind, you don't need to add the tapatio sauce, but we added some spice to it. Shook it up in in the cold and poured out the shots, and that's a subsider blood shot. So, to the uh, show this week. to you. Enjoy that. It looks fucking disgusting. Just tastes like... Licorice and yeah, tomato. Yeah, it just tastes like licorice. <laughs> But, ooh, ooh, the spice. Ew, gross. Ooh, that's got a kick to it. It's fucking gross. You're going to do the second one right now? Yep. You're going to do mine? Down the drain. Gross. And I got coffee to drink after that. It's going to go well with it. <laughs> do you want some water? Ugh. Instead? I don't know. Maybe I'll get feral on the show here. 
Maybe I'll just kick in this accent and talk like this the whole time. Oh, no, thank Piss you. Piss Christina Stop. off. Anyway, so if you folks would like to check out a subsider bloodshot, all you got to do is head on down the trail to longlivethevoid.com <laughs> and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to jump into our reviews, our flesh and potatoes of our reviews of Daybreakers from 2009 and Pandorum from 2009. We're going to go ahead and head down that trail right Alright guys, let's jump into Daybreakers first. Christina did the work on this. Alright. In the year 2019, a plague has transformed almost every human into vampires. Faced with a dwindling blood supply, the fractured dominant race plots their survival. Meanwhile, a researcher works with a covert band of vamps on a way to save humankind. Tagline. In 2019... The most precious natural resource is us. You, S. Do you see how it's? Pl- I know. I capitalized. Yeah, there? I think I capitalized it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm looking at her notes. Is, if is you're wondering, is that in the U.S. or is yeah. that us? I don't. Well, know. it's like the it's like the Jordan Peele movie. You know, <laughs> us. What does it mean? U S. <laughs> anyway. Okay. This was directed and written by the Spirig brothers, Michael and Peter. Mm-hmm. Who they also did Undead. Good movie. Jigsaw. If you're if you're a big fan of uh Peter Jackson uh movies, you might want to check out Undead. It's not as good, but along the same lines. And it's got a really cool twist to it. And they also did Jigsaw and Winchester, which should have been a better movie than what it yeah, was. I didn't like it. Yeah, that the, made me angry. Jigsaw was alright. I don't remember. Um, okay, starring Ethan Hawke, who plays Edward. Mm-hmm. He was in Dead Poets Society, Reality Bites. I think that's what everybody knows him from. Mm-hmm. He was in The Purge, which I totally forgot about, the yeah. first one. He was in the Sinister movie. Well, Sinister movie, the very first one. He was in the second one, too. I don't but remember I think him it, in it. I think it was a flashback because they like did a flashback, yeah. so we probably yeah. just was credited for that. Anyway, he was also in the Total Recall movie. The remake. Also starring Sam Neill. What in the Sam Neill? Yeah, what in the Sam Neill? He plays Charles, of course, Jurassic Park, Event Horizon. Uh, he pl- he actually played the actor Odin in Thor Ragnarok, yeah. which we just watched, and I didn't realize. I think he said something, but I just didn't realize. And of course, he was in the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. William Defoe, who plays Elvis, Zack Snyder's Justice League, that just came out that you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Antichrist, you know, with the scissors, the lighthouse, Death Note, John Wick, which I totally forgot he was a John and Wick. And Spider Man, not Spider, Spider Man. <laughs> and he was the best Green Goblin ever. Right. My favorite role of Willem Dafoe's, of, there's many. Mm hmm. Uh, he's done so much great work. Like Boondock right. Saints is one right off the top. There right. was a firefight. <laughs> and then my other favorite one is when he did uh, Wild at Heart with Nicolas Cage oh, and yeah, Laura Dern. Oh, yeah, you love that oh, movie. He is creepy as 
fuck that's right. in that movie. That's right. I forgot. And it, yeah, I gross. won't get into it. I was gonna. I was gonna try to do it, but I yep. figure I'll tone down. Thank you. The sex from this one. It is appreciated. Mm-hmm. Claudia Carvin, who plays Audrey. Uh, she was in Revenge of the Sith, Risk, and more recently she was in a movie called Infidel. And then Michael Dorman, I don't know if you recognized him. He played Frankie in the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you recognized him, but he played the brother yeah. in, in the Invisible Man. He's a slimy character usually. Right. He was also in Dead Men Tell No Tale, the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. That's cool. He was pretty young in this, I guess, compared to that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, budget for this movie, $21 million. And what did you think, Alex? I don't know. I didn't write my notes. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm sure you can find something to talk about. Daybreakers. Okay. So first off, I want to give a shout out to one of my longtime viewers, mods and and friend of on Twitch, random viewer. He, he goes by viewer, random viewer. Uh, He's not, I'm not sure if he wants me to use his real name, and to be honest, I'm fu- I'll fu- fucking re- misremember it somehow. So I'll just call him because re- I'm so used to calling him random viewer, <laughs> right? Um, but he he bought this 4K disc that we got to review this movie of for us on our Amazon, which very much thank you so oh, much for that. You. That was super cool of that you. That is really nice. And this is I really like this movie, so it's even better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, if you guys ever want to donate movies, we will review them if you pick them on that list, and it'll get sent out to us without us knowing. You can choose that as an option, by the way. And it, I think it does it automatically, but it's on our website if you ever want to do that. You don't have to but if you have something in mind and maybe it's new or old that you're interested in there you go so this is a thoroughly enjoyable futuristic vampire movie to me like not so futuristic it takes place in 2019 first <laughs> this of all. is hilarious <laughs> but at the time that was you know 10 years later but they were they were overshooting it a bit i think because yeah. it's even more futuristic for then. Right. But it's interesting. I really like the lore and the kind of like style and aesthetic that they had going for this movie. Um, it mixes, you know, that action, drama, and loads of blood. It's actually really fucking gory and really pretty well thought out for a metaphor uh, for the United States. Like they make some parallels in this movie about resources and, uh, of course, you know, how the United States kind of does that as well, how we eat up our own resources mm-hmm. and we don't care. Because money, 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 money. Right. So essentially, this is about a world where vampires took over the population of humans and live like humans once did. Only one problem is that they're now starving. They have a blood pharmacy corporation that does a lot of human farming, but it's become evident that they're running out of stock and they need a better solution. So Ethan Hawke, who plays Ed, a hematologist who's a vampire, who's trying to create a blood substitute because he doesn't believe in killing humans, he feels like. It's wrong somehow. He, it's got the whole, you know, corporations being corporations, hungry for power, greed element there. Uh, but he's trying to solve it and things, you know, get crazier and crazier as they go along. You got humans in hiding, beast-like vampires who've mutated because they've not fed in a long time and living in the sewers, which is really cool. Lots of different side storylines that are strewn together throughout this whole fucking film. Lots of those parallels that I was talking about with the United States and one could make about society now and where we're headed and how we act and how we don't even care, you know, um, which I think is a great thing. It's it's not overly forceful about it either. It's just topical, but it's well thought out. I think it's the right balance for a movie that is essentially an allegory for resources, classism and poverty. 
and a clever sort of twist in the storytelling as well to make it very, very super creative. So the acting in this one, I think, is actually pretty damn good. You know, most everybody in this, their roles does the does their role well. I think the biggest star in this movie, by far, hands down, is Sam Neill. That motherfucker's got swagger like no other for a vampire. Like, I'm telling you, dude, like, I don't think, I don't know, I can't remember if he's done other vampire movies, but I think this was his va- first vampire movie. Mm-hmm. And I love <laughs> Sam Neill. He's so good. He's really good in this movie. Defoe, definitely not bad at all. He's kind of a little tongue-in-cheek kind of back-western kind of feller. Um, and then Ethan Hawke doing his regular Ethan Hawke, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Nothing too bad, but he does a good job. He's a good actor. He, he's a, he responds well to the acting. Right. He's, you know, he's playing that sympathetic, hardworking, yet tortured vampire, you know, but it, it's all pretty good. All the acting. <laughs> Plus the absolutely beautiful aesthetic in this film, the futuristic touches they put on the technology to kind of cater it to the vampires is really interesting and well thought out. You know, like self fucking inflating fucking tires, which is actually a real thing now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you know, it was like really new. Um, it just helps to paint this futuristic world of 2019. <laughs> they had no fucking idea. I know. <laughs> but it's still cool, you know. Um, the first time I watched this movie, I didn't really like it. I don't remember too much about it. I was just like, meh. You know, mm-hmm. I just wasn't in the mood for it. Kind of like how I was with The Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Felt just like, meh. Like, oh, things happen, but meh. Mm-hmm. But then just like one time out of the, a couple years ago, I just watched it on a whim because I wanted to watch, you know, some big budgety sort of action film that you know you just get a hankering for and then i really enjoyed the shit out of it like i was like holy shit this is a way better movie than i remember and those are the kind of movies that i always like you know like i think all viewers are like wow this is this is precious to me now Mm -hmm. because i i misunderstood you now i feel bad so i love you (laughs) (laughs) but we got it in 4k and it's fucking beautiful on in 4k because there's a lot of dark shots and for it to be in 4k and clear is actually really important i think it shows through on the 4k transfer but the graphicness in this movie is fucking pretty heavy there's a lot of blood in this movie a lot of gore a lot of beheadings and slashing and cutting people apart and just death so any gore fans should have a pretty decent meal here i would say and the movie plays it a lot more straight than you would assume because this kind of feels like a comic book story doesn't it Uh like it feels like like a drama horror Something that you would see on the shelf for like a like a comic book to I me. Don't, I don't know. It's got a good twist, and sure, they have a few lines that you know kind of cross the line of seriousness a little bit by making it a little silly. There's some stuff with Willem Dafoe's character that he says it's a little uh, a little iffy at times, but it's all done with mostly serious tone, which I think adds to this film. It feels like a a damn good action horror drama comic that I you know like I said if you read it in the past. Like, it feels like it has this really good lore. Like, it was not skimped on. And I'm not the biggest fan of vampires, so it has to be specific sort of different film for me to really enjoy anyway. And when it came out, they were calling it, like, Matrix meets 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later? Yeah. I'm like, I think it's more, like, aesthetically, like, equilibrium. Right. You know what I mean? With, like, a vampire kind of serious tale on it. I'd give this one probably an 8. Maybe even an 8.5. I'll mm-hmm. definitely rewatch this often because I, I just will remember it well. Mm-hmm. For $21 million budget, 
they really made a big, good-looking film. You know, mm-hmm. like that's a they made that money stretch. They made it work, and they did a lot with the color correction and everything to make it look really nice. One I think that you guys should definitely give a watch or you know a rewatch if you haven't seen it in a while. Definitely not as tongue-in-cheek like the Undead film that they did previous, mm-hmm. which is all jokes. Uh, but you know, give it a shot. What do you think, Christina? Well, I've never seen this movie. Yeah, this is your not. first time, huh? And I really like vampire movies, so I'm really surprised I didn't see this movie. And when people would mention this movie in the past, I don't know why, but I thought of John Carpenter's Vampires. Right, it gets confused. I, yeah, yeah, I got, because I think it was around the same time. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. It I've wasn't around the this, same but, time, but it was, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I like vampire movies, like I said. I liked the concept of this movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm a true blood fan, so and I've like to the point where I've read books and stuff. Mm-hmm. So the concept in my head, it's hard for me to be all in with this movie because I like the true blood story so much. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but I did. I like how they made it like a corporate, like you were saying, it was like greed and uh, they really corporized it. Corporatized. Yeah. Corporate, whatever that word is. <laughs> um, the twist with William Defoe. Oh, you know what? I didn't like William, William Defoe's accent in this. It was kind of annoying. He overacts sometimes. And I think there's some parts of this movie where he overacted and it just, just fucking annoying. Um, but well, the- it's Willem, not William. Oh, Willem. Yeah, I know. He's like, it's, it's I doubt easy it, to miss. I doubt he's ever going to listen to this and then call me out on I it. Know. Okay? Maybe he'll suck <laughs> the I blood think, out of your head. And I think people know who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> anyway, the twist with him, um, I liked that. Um, and it that was kind of original for me. That right, whole that's what twist I'm saying, situation. Yeah. And it gave it a purpose. Like, it gave it a whole another purpose with the movie. The ending, though, it felt rushed. Um, I wish some of the fight scenes were a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Probably a money issue, you know? Yeah, but they some of them, we'll talk about it, was, like, really cool. There's there's some stuff in the trivia that will kind of help explain some of that away a little bit. They had to cut some corners. Oh, okay. But, see, to me, this movie feels like a late 2000 movie, like the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Rather than like a millennium movie, right? Okay. Like filmed in there, it looked older to me than it should have been. Probably part of the style because they wanted to give it that sort of old. It's like, like Blade. It looked like yeah, the Blade. blue lens flo- yeah, color. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Which I guess with the aesthetics and everything, but I don't know. They, I just feel like they just give it a blue light to make everything seem a little more drab. Yeah, it it bothered because of me. This darker world. It bothered me for some reason. I feel like they could have done it different because well, there's a lot of. If you dark notice movies. in the in the in the sunlight areas, it's always bright and shiny and everything's colorful. Right. But in the city, it's way different, which right. is kind of a nice technique, I think, for what was what's going on. Well, because... you're wrong. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Right. That's good. You know, you're good. We'll continue on, Christina. <laughs> I gave it a six out of ten. Okay. I'm glad we got the 4K. Thank you, random. Yeah. Um, I'd probably watch it again. I'd probably watch it again and like six it. Six out better. of ten, man. What a disappointment. Yeah, I know. I wish you it liked was. good movies. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you weren't so fucking lenient all the fucking time. I don't think that's lenient. I really genuinely <laughs> enjoyed it. Well, that's good for you. Yeah, I, I think the performances <laughs> are strong. I love Sam Neill and. Did you think William Defoe's performance? It was kind it's, of. It's a little more dialed in. Um, I don't see him as being like a redneck kind of guy. But then again, he was kind of in uh, 
in Wild at Heart, so it kind of makes sense in a way. But it's just, it's not, always, it's not his best performance. He reminds me of like a Twin Peaks character in like all of his movies. Well, he, actually, he is just a natural character kind of person. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you know what I mean? Right. Like he's not. He to me is someone that stands out in a room. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he's carries this air about him. I guess I right. don't know. Um. Yeah, he's kind of like the Whistler character of Blade. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's exactly who he is. Yeah, it kind of feels like that. They might have got a little influence from that. There's nothing but, wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It does have a little familiarity to some other things, but it's right. just so well done that I really like the world. No, that makes sense. I, I like. I want to be in that world and kind of see how how many layers it has. Right, and I like the idea how they were they were the vampires were adapting to to try to make it a civilized society and having an underground. And that kind of thing. Right. I mean, all that was cool. I think Blade's a little more funny than this. Yeah. yeah. It's sillier. Yeah, especially when they would kill. Yeah, let's get those lines. Those those one-liners. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I can't think of any off the top, but I just just imagine him saying them, and it's just kind of silly. But yeah, so we do have some trivia, and we do have some stuff to talk about here about some of the scenes. We're going to keep this one a little bit more brief. I think these are kind of so recent that you really should check them out. Uh, I know it's 10 years ago, but like, uh, I really think you should check it out for yourself. You might find a new gem. Like, even if it's just a seven or an eight, like, those are still good movies that I will pop on from time to time. And there's something that just kind of, like, activates my fascination with the story and stuff in that world. And I I think that's really important. And I think they do a good job. So, but if you don't want anything spoiled, we're going to get into that now. So here's your warning. All right. So some of the trivia on this, when the Sperig brothers came up with this concept, they had only about 16 pages of story about the film. And before they even got an odd, like, you know, they pitched this to people instead of like a full script. Oh, okay. So, they, and apparently Lionsgate liked it so much, they bought it. Seems like a Lionsgate movie. Yeah. This was in 2003-ish, by the way. Oh. So this is how long okay. it took. It took six years to completion. Oh my God. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And it got made over two more years. So it took them two years to write the script. Uh huh. After the 16 pages. Oh and then they started filming, you know, a little while later. It had a couple complications and things. But Michael Spearig liked the character of Ed, who is the hematologist that plays by Ethan Hawke. Because mm-hmm. he's sort of a hypocritical sort of character. Mm hmm. You know, because he's a vampire that doesn't like blood. Right. It makes adds a dynamic to storytelling. Right. Just um, like go. the vampires in like interview with the vampire and he didn't want to do blood. Sure. You know, on <laughs> one hand he wants to save humans, but on the other he works for a blood farm that's farming humans. Mm-hmm. Hypocritical. But you know, some people theorize that some way some of the best way to take down something is from the inside out. Well right? that and a lot of people who work for corporations, you don't like the corporation that you work for, but you really don't have a choice because you need to make money. If you revolutionaries survive. out there want to get a job. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it down <laughs> Sorry. The brothers, though, actually made a uh, animatics, which are like these 3D computer generated scenes, literally for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So when they had the script done, they were like, here you go. Read this along with that so you can get an idea. And they were like, everybody was like, oh, this is. Ex-. And if you watch the animatics, there is a lot of it looks exactly the same. There, despite a few scenes that they had to cut down because of time, because they they had to shut down production on this movie. Uh, for going over mm-hmm. 
And so they were like halting their budget. They wouldn't give them any money. And they were like, you just can't figure it out. So they did. They got it done and then got back on schedule and got back on budget. So, it, you know, there was a lot of stuff, but the animat and animatics in this were pretty cool. It was an interesting way to do storyboarding, mm-hmm. which Jesus Christ, these guys are like really into it because when they made Undead, they basically funded the whole thing themselves too. you know, mix maxing out all their credit cards and they made a film on 90 K but it ended up being more like 750k so just shy of a million oh. you know a lot of money dude for mm-hmm. that undead movie mm-hmm. and there's no blu-ray of it makes no sense wow they did all the special effects in that too wow yeah which is you know for the time you know right these aren't great special effects what they did they even worked on some of the stuff in this movie actually they did the intro you know how the stuff was like fading oh. off the walls on right, the right. stuff like they did a little touching up because they they had to. They couldn't mm-hmm. afford to pay anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles Bromley, who was played by Sam Neill, was one of the, the last characters that they actually came up with in the screenplay, mm-hmm. which is interesting because he's one of the best characters in the whole fucking movie. Yeah, I guess. I think so. Like I, he, he well, Maybe it's just Sam Neill that really brings him to the forefront. Yeah, it must be. I didn't really like the whole thing with his daughter. Like that whole, it, it started to get a little tropey to me well you it's I mean? tropey like, because that's like what it's like in real life yeah I know, because but I don't like because that. corporations or people who are money obsessed will choose their fucking business over, over their, their family family yeah. yeah it's just that's why it feels familiar because it feels real right i'm not saying that it is for every single person who's in a corporation so just shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying that's the trope and that's what right. i feels familiar but ethan hawk was uh, their very first pick they wanted him in originally and so was Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. Hawk was he was kind of opposed to horror movies. He was a little snooty about it. I'm not, I'm just it's my, my own words. Mm-hmm. He seemed like he was very snooty about slumming it with the horror movies. You know oh, what I mean? Uh-huh. Until he read the script, and then he realized oh, okay. the the parallels, the sort of and you know, mm-hmm. you know, with the whole like resources and things like that. And he he thought it was more than just a horror movie. So totally. that's why. But he also did Sinister. So come on. Oh, yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. obviously not above that. Uh, maybe this is the movie that opened him up to it. Right. So plus, I liked Sinister. The very first Sinister was really oh, yeah, stylish was really good. and really creepy. Did he play a cop? He was the cop. No, that the cop that came to his house took over for the sequel. Oh, OK. That's oh, that's right. He because everybody like loved the cop in the first Sinister right. movie because he was so funny. Right. He's like, hey, what's going on? You know, like, <laughs> like the dumb cop. Right. Um, anyway, I guess his mind's changed about that, you know. Obviously, he's been the purge and all this other shit. Well, not well, all this other shit, but you know, what but I mean. he did the purge, yeah. He was in the first purge, yeah. Was that him? Why do I always think Kevin Bacon for well, some reason? Well, that's because that's him, but uh, he played like a neighbor or something. I forget, is that what it was? Yeah, he was in that though, okay, okay, or that's a co worker or a neighbor, something like that, okay. Well, the set, they had to work through a virus called Shigala or Shigella, which is weird because mm-hmm. they had to shoot this and I, I forget. I think they shot in Australia. Oh, and there was a virus going around? There was a virus going around that, that caught that, that, that took out a lot of people on the set and a lot of people were working sick and they like, oh. and ev- eventually it got to fucking mm-hmm. uh, Ethan Hawk, who mm-hmm. had never taken a day off in his life and he had to for that. Oh, Wow. So he was really upset about that. But he was okay. Everybody came back to normal. But they had to take a break, you know. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, they made it through it. 
So there's people in, you know, a lot of smaller countries that <laughs> don't have the means to be able to handle that kind of stuff and people mm-hmm. die from it a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, but other than that, yeah, that's all I got for the trivia. I thought that was pretty much the, the big stuff that I was interested in the most. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you want to talk about that you really liked in the movie that you couldn't spoil before in the spoiler free? Well, in the beginning of the movie, when he was, they were in the lab and they were like doing the human experiments, like oh, injecting yeah. him, right? And <laughs> the, the, the guy was like, I'm fine. I'm, or they, they injected the vampire guy. I'm sorry. They injected yes, him. Yes, sir. To I'm doing if, fine, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. And then he vomited and he started having a seizure and then his head just exploded. <laughs> yeah, like everything's normal and then all of a sudden it's it just like, popped. Boom. He was like, yeah, I feel pop. <laughs> that was great. That That is pretty cool. They they did a lot of the blood on that in CGI. It looked real. Oh, it did, it did look real. It looked really yeah, kind of really real. Did. I love that there's like 5% population left, you know, mm-hmm. and that they have like one month before the blood supply runs out. Mm-hmm. It's just really interesting that they let it get that far. Yeah. But it feels like something we would do. Yes, totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, climate change. Well, like, water. Yeah, water. Right. You know? Well, that's the most precious. Mm-hmm. By the way, that is we the have. most precious. We can't live without It's more that. precious than gold, technically. Right. And if there was something to go down, mm-hmm. gold would be worthless mm-hmm. and water would be worth more. Right. That's why That's why stockpile. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, vampires can't drink water. Right. Well, well no, they can because they were drinking coffee. That was the cool thing in this movie. Oh, yeah. Because they were drinking coffee with shots of blood in it. Uh-huh. Like creamer. Like, like a Starbucks. They had that whole 50s diner where you walk up in New York or fucking by the subway mm-hmm. and you go up to the thing and you get your cup of coffee and stuff. I love that. Mm-hmm. That little touch right there is just so cool to me. Mm-hmm. Like the way that they thought about making it kind of a normal thing right like they do in true blood but you know true right, blood right. is wacky well, yeah it's more wacky that is a wacky there. show well, dude. The, the actual show like it, it gets stupid like uh, yeah, i only it, made it like three seasons i think well but a lot of people liked really it for good. that reason because it was right. just so b-movie kind of quality yeah I don't know. It was Sex funny. And, and vampires, pretty much, right? Right. I didn't get to watch it, so I can't really speak for it. But that's what some people. It told was me. fun. It was it was fun, and it was scary. It became a joke in and of itself. And, yeah, in some yeah, ways. yeah. In some ways, that's yeah. what I, that's what people have told me. So mm-hmm. I, I I trust their opinion because you're wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Figures. You would just try. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I just there's some really cool stuff in here. Like there's that whole part where him and his brother like get into kind of an argument about him drinking blood. He brings him this bottle and he's like, "Oh, see, this is what the perks of working for the military are." And then that fucking mm-hmm. subsider breaks in and is like, mm-hmm. they have that fight in the whole room. And he looks so cool. He was like an old bat. Right. You know, like an actual vampire. He didn't sparkle. You one know? of the first signs of not eating blood is your ears start to get pointy. Mm-hmm. Which is cool because they made a point of that because he got distracted when he was driving. Right. And he's like, oh, shit, my ears are getting pointy. Yeah. And it, it eats up their brains. They don't know what to do. But he mm-hmm. like, it like fights them and then it sticks its feet up on the fucking ceiling and mm-hmm. then like stretches its wings out and he slices its throat and its stomach mm-hmm. and it just spills out all over it. And then he cuts its head off, doesn't he, or something? I think he does cut its head off. Yeah. Which was... is what you're supposed to do with vampires. You're supposed you know to what? cut their head off if they don't explode. And that's the part where, like, before the vampire comes in, that was all cool, all the blood and everything with that. But before he comes in, they, like, drink, and he's like, lies a bitch, and then you don't die. <laughs> Such a dad joke. Cheers to, or whatever. But, yeah, that guy's the, the vampire, the subsider, is 
the gardener mm-hmm. and he just happened to be lurking around because all the people who don't have money can't get blood. They can't get blood. And it comes back. See, this this is this thing. This is this this is this totally mirrors our poverty and our mm-hmm. our right. system in the United States is that, you know, when when people need help, we're just like, ah, eh, fuck you. You didn't work mm-hmm. hard enough. And what's fucked up about the whole situation is they were forced to get turned into vampires. This wasn't a choice. Right. It caused it, it comes w- back to bite them. It, really. Exactly. It becomes so now more they, of a problem. Right. And then then they blame the people again. They blame right. the, the vampires. Right. again. So that's like it's totally talking about poverty. Right. And like how all these rich people, they don't really understand what it's like to not have. Mm-hmm. So they don't understand. They can't concept. They can't understand the concept of going without. Mm-hmm. So they don't know what it's like to struggle working three jobs just to try to get your little bit of blood. You know what right. I mean? So it's really kind of it's kind of a big point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they meet Elvis, who is Willem Dafoe, who was previously a vampire. And you want to explain your favorite part? How he did got turned out of a vampire? Oh, so they did a flashback of uh, what William Defoe. Yeah, because Ed gets gets a message. He wrecks into some girl and then lets them live. They're humans, and then she's working she, with Willem Defoe, who is this guy who has been cured of vampirism, and she con- contacts him to meet him, and that's when. Yeah, because they need his help because they want if they don't know why he got turned back into a human they need to recreate so, the the situation so they did a, like he was talking about what happened it was a flashback and he was driving his car during the day because because the cars like they were like sunproof yeah that's with, another really cool technology thing in there yeah because it just had cameras and it had these big huge cameras on top of the car like the self-driving cars no, which it, was, made, it was just a little bubble on top yeah like it's the self-driving cars yeah yeah which makes no sense to me because you could have little tiny cameras well now you could (laughs) anyway (laughs) i thought it was funny so then he crashed his car like into the water it like shocked him his heart beat back up or something which is you know it's like that would never happen right but it was still a good concept his heart stops actually i think he says his heart hasn't been beating for nine years yeah because he was a vampire no 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 his heart doesn't beat and he's alive and no longer a vampire oh Okay. Which oh, is I, weird. I thought it, they are heartbeat, though, because the shock made their heart start again, and then they turned human. No, he said, because in the specifically, end, Willem Dafoe says, my heart has not beat for nine years. Oh, I thought- Weird, isn't it? I thought I thought that meant because he was a vampire. No, because he's still alive, and he's not a vampire. Vampires had a beat. They had a heartbeat. It was just slower than humans. Oh, I, I'm confused, because towards the end, when they were doing the experiments- they weren't looking for, okay well whatever that's his specific words that's all i'm going by okay is he said i haven't had my heartbeat for nine years oh, okay. since that incident so yeah i i misunderstood it at first too until i was like wait because then i heard the vampire's heart beat when he was in there and they were testing him i thought the, the vampires have only been it's around okay. it's for okay 10 to think years. wrongly i don't mind i thought the van no i'm just talking this out with you because <laughs> it's bothering me now because in two it's bothering me now because in 2009 is when the vampires took over. So it's only been 10 years. So, I guess. So he was only a vampire for a year? I'm doing math. He was <laughs> he was a he was a technician for for cars. Yeah. He worked on cars to sunproof them. He was the guy that he designed was the all that. Vampire mechanic guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and he went and he wrecked his car and, and flew out the windshield, caught on fire, fell right. into the water within a specific amount of time after burning and almost being completely burned. Right. So he was only a vampire for a year. I guess. Okay. Maybe he was a vampire before that. I don't, I don't know. They didn't really specify that. My point is, is that his heart does no longer beat. Oh, okay. That's it. Okay. But they're considered to be alive, I guess. Yeah. That Maybe is. there's something else. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, so then then you the other twist, there's so many twists in this in this movie by the way. Mm-hmm. One, you see Sam Neill like betray his daughter for fucking money because she doesn't want to be turned and she's part of the revolution against them and like he tries to turn her by putting that one guy on her and then mm-hmm. they had the brother of Ed's try to turn her and she decides to kill herself by biting off her wrists and stuff and trying to make herself turn into a subsider. Uh-huh. And then they chain them all and drag them out into the sun, which was kind of crazy. Yeah, it was kind of cool that they actually killed her. They didn't, you know, but try the to twist, save her. The twist I like is that the brother turns on his brother in a way to try to help him, but he's trying to turn in the guy. Mm-hmm. And then he bites Willem Dafoe on the neck, who is no longer a vampire. And that's when they find out that if you've been turned back into a human, your blood is no longer human. And will change you as a vampire from drinking that blood into a human. Mm-hmm. And so it sets off so this cool. chain, chain effect. And I love that. That I was so too. cool. That was really cool. I wanted I wanted it longer. I because they were beasts longer. in the end. They couldn't help themselves. Right. They hadn't eaten for so long. And the blood supply was so low. They mm-hmm. had nothing that they could do. Mm-hmm. So it was just this chain reaction to just not be hungry anymore and turn into these beasts. And they, it's funny because they would turn into human and then they would get eaten. And then the next people and die. And then the next people would eat them, turn into human, and then they would get eaten and die. It was, yeah, it was, it was so like cool. wiping until, them out. Yeah. Until there was two left. Right. Until they're and who were human. And then the other vampire guy came in and shot him. Would you be able to deal with yourself like after killing all those innocent people and drinking their blood? But I guess if you're that hungry, if you think about it this way, though, if you compare eating um, animals for that matter, you know what I mean? Like, right. It's like we don't really see the animal get slaughtered. Right. They didn't either. Right. They, it's so normal to them, you know what I mean? Right. But they are more beasts than, than human. Yeah, because how, if you were that hungry, like, well, it's how, just kind of normalized. what would you do? If, if you had to go out every day and bolt a fucking cow in the head in order to eat a steak, you would probably not eat steak so much. Right. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I'd be like, I don't know, man. Like, it's kind of fucked up. That's convenience for you, though. You can right. Uh, leave. That's why we're all fat. So think about it. <laughs> exactly right. All we need is those floaty chairs from Wally, and we'll be ready. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I really liked that movie. I thought it was good. There's a lot of really depth behind it. So if you've seen it and you've listened this far and you haven't seen it and you were listening this far, you you fucked everything up for yourself. But I don't blame you. It's interesting to hear what we had to say about these movies, but it's more infinitely interesting when we when you've seen it so you can understand. <laughs> but yeah, we do have another movie that we're going to talk about that has nothing to do with vampires, although Christina thinks that's kind of like it, but maybe not. They eat people. Well, the, the creatures could be. Okay, well, well, we'll get into that here in a little bit. We're going to be talking about Pandorum from 2009 in the year 2019. Are you serious? Yeah. No, no, no. Oops. Oh. I'm reading I'm reading Daybreakers. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. I was like, no, it's like 2173. <laughs> 
two crew members of a spaceship wake up from a hypersleep to discover that all their colleagues are missing. Despite this, it appears that they are not alone. This movie is directed by Christian Albert, who has done movies like Slowborn, Dogs of Berlin, Cut Off, Don't Get Out, Half Brothers, and many, many more. Uh, some of the writers in this movie are Travis Milloy and, of course, Christian Albert. Travis was one of the people that wrote the story um, ahead of time. He actually came up with this idea that was very similar to Christian Albert's, and they teamed up when they were going to make this movie, and they bought the script. Ah. So I'll get in more into that later, but Travis has written movies or produced. He's also a producer, but he has written movies like Street Gun, Infinity Chamber, and... Uh, that's pretty much it for writing. Mm -hmm. He's produced a lot of films, though, I guess about six. But yeah, he's mostly a writer and a producer. Some of the people that are in the movie is, of course, Dennis Quaid, who we know very well from our childhood years of growing up. <laughs> he was in The Day After Tomorrow, Frequency, Inner Space, and many more. You also have Ben Foster, who I've always been a fan of. He was in Hell or High Water, which you like that movie. 310 to Yuma. Leave I no like trace. That movie too. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a fun one. He was in Phone Booth, The Punisher, Alpha Dog, and more. It also stars Cam Gigadet, who plays Gallo. He was in movies like Twilight, Never Back Down, Priest, which we just watched recently. It's funny. Oh, yeah, we did. That's funny. And many more. And we also have Antje Shao, who plays Nadia in the movie. I think I said her name right. She was in uh, Man of Steel. She was a uh, Feora UI. She was in Woman of Gold, Criminal, and many more. She also played in Dark, by the way. She was Agnes Nielsen. Oh, the in, show? In the show, Dark. Oh, okay. Yeah. This budget of this movie is an estimated $33 million and it made about $20.6 at the box office. So it was a box office Bomb. failure. But, Christina, what did you think of the film? Well, I've seen this movie several times, and for some reason, the... It sticks with me just because of the ending and mm. how memorable it was. There was two twists in this movie. Sure. I liked one. Didn't there were like long it. running twists too. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't like one of the twists, which we'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. um, it was a little slow. Not gonna lie. Okay, it's kind of. It was kind of tough for me, and I also remembered. I was like, oh yeah, this movie's like fucking slow. <laughs> but I and I don't know. There's a lot of human behavior tropes, which. I don't know. I, I think it, it's annoying to me. The every man for yourself thing when you don't know what's going on is kind of an annoying thing for me. But uh, and the fight scenes move too fast. You know what I mean? Like when the, the creatures came out, it's like, whoa, you know, slow down a little bit so I could see what's going on. Well, yeah, they're supposed to be <laughs> really fast. Yeah, they're accelerated. The creatures were just moving too fast. Sure. Um. The, but, you know, the acting was good. I mean, it it was a very dark movie, but I mean, it had to be dark because, you know, they right. were in a dark environment. But I don't know. I I really, I, I gave it a five out of ten. I mean, really? I know, like I've seen this movie like a, like a few times, Jesus. but I know, but I've seen this movie a few times because I know you really like this movie. <laughs> well, I, I like it enough. I don't think it's an average film yeah, by I think any it's means. Just, average to me weird but what did you think oof oof man i'm afraid, I'm afraid to show you my favorite movies <laughs> you just shit all over everything huh just kidding. <laughs> 
well, I, I actually really enjoy this movie. I think it's a good movie. I think that they did a really good job of sort of painting this sort of space movie, which I, I always like space horror. First of all, we don't really get that many that are good at all. This is up in the top tier kind of category of filmmaking as far as like space movies go and then you add creatures you add you know it's just a nice combination to have the corridors are always so unwelcoming you know you've got this big story that's going on that involves around an entire planet of people who have they've left the resources diminished and they have to find a new place to live and they get on this 120 year travel to another solar system in the in another galaxy and they called uh tardis Mm-hmm. and uh, something goes wrong in the middle of it while they're in hypersleep. And I think that's a really interesting concept because I always think about hypersleep ever since Alien. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I always go to these sleep. Like, if we're ever going to travel to a far distant place, we're going to have to go to sleep in some sort of stasis because there's no one that could live that long. Right, exactly. Unless you, like, just treat, like your ship like a fucking place to live but and then you breed and then have babies but we, <laughs> we don't even know what it's like for people to be up there for that long but i think time is different as well once you go past the right. when this movie thing, plays yeah. a part on that because yeah. there's a, a, a symptom in this movie that you get from being in that empty space of space right. liter- literally right even if there's people around you it feels like you're isolated and people go crazy. And that I really like that concept in this film. Now, there are some flaws with the movie. I'm not saying it's a perfect film by any means. But it is a noble effort. And it was a movie that was supposed to be a trilogy. They were going to make three of these movies if it did well. And honestly, I would have loved to see them on another alien planet to see what that was like. Because mm-hmm. how many of those movies do we get? Right. None. Hardly ever. Right. It's always some rocky area. Oh, this planet is rocky. Like, where's the vegetation, brah? Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's never ever like, hey, there's we're in an alien world with all these different creatures. The only thing I can think of is like Avatar. I've never finished that. I mean, even Lost in Space reboot fucking did deserts and fucking rocks all the fucking time. You know what I mean? There was some trees and shit, too. But I don't know. It's just something to think about. I really liked I really liked that concept of them going out to another place. Like I said, if you were to live and habitate and live for 120 years and re- procreate and like regrow and everything, what would the outcome of that be? Like, well, wh- how would it affect you? So we would need to go to hypersleep and do that. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like the horrors of what would might happen. I don't want to spoil what makes this happen or what they encounter and why they wake up to so many creatures. But these creatures are pretty cool design. They're like blue and they're like fucking puking shit out of their mouths they're all the time. They're almost HR Geeger. You think? Right. Yeah. Well, like the think about what they're wearing and stuff. Well, they're all bald. So, yeah, I guess. But they're like, you know, it looks like Mad Max in space. Right. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, there is, it's a little bit more of an isolation movie. So, it's a lot of the, the beginning of the movie is just them trying to open up into a bigger world and then it opens up into a bigger world and then it opens up into a bigger more keeps giving it this like you know path to like more and more you're finding out and i like where it ended up and how how it ended plus they have this little side story going on that she mentioned a little twist that's going on that you really never see coming Mm -hmm. because they do it pretty well they they do a good job of like the back and forth 
and they talk about this like Pandorum effect, which is a disease you get from that isolation that I was talking about. So there is some pretty good action. There is some gore in the movie. They do have some like decent gore. Um, it is more of a sci-fi film, I would think, than a horror film because it's not necessarily scary, but it is graphic in some regards. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that. There is some pretty fucking moments, but it does take a little while to get there. It's not perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. I would definitely give this movie probably a 7.5. I think it's a good effort. It, it has enough that made me more interested if they would have made a sequel. I wish they would have made a sequel kind of thing. But they didn't, and they're not going to. There's a fan page online for people talking about making the sequels to this movie. Well, it didn't make any money, so yeah, they're not yeah, going to do why it. Why would yeah? They're they're not even doing Tron, and that actually made money. Right. They're not doing a sequel to Tron because it's just right. so intensive. Mm-hmm. Imagine how much CGI they would have to do mm-hmm. for the Alien world. Right. Exactly. But I don't know. I think the performances by everyone were pretty decent. I thought it was like believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. It's just different. It's a just different concept of a movie that kind of took me for surprise. I was expecting it to be something different than it was, but I wasn't necessarily disappointed with what I got. Mm -hmm. And it kind of like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Deep Rising, which is just a ton of fun. It's about like, you know, creatures living on this this abandoned fucking uh, um, boat, this tour boat. What do they call them? Cruise ship. Cruise ship. And these guys go to steal the ship so they can make some money off of it. And they run into monsters on it. And at the end of the movie, I'm not going to say what happens, you know, but they, they end up somewhere else where it's, it's like, oh, what's there? And that's what mm-hmm. I think about when I watch this movie. Oh. It's like, oh, what's there? I want to see what's there. Mm-hmm. And we don't get to. <laughs> so. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I you're right. I, I think I would be interested in a sequel or a trilogy. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's how much, what did you? We give can this? we can talk about we can talk about that more in the end. I gave it a five. Yeah, see, that's surprising. Well, it because was average slow. film, you wouldn't want to see a sequel. It from, was it. In my I opinion. know, I know, but like I said, the ending is what reeled me in. But it was fucking slow as fuck to get there. Okay. And you know how I am about slow movies. I definitely like the Daybreakers over this one. I think yeah. that, that's a way better movie. Uh, yeah. And I would almost say that it's probably like a 7 or 7.5. Yeah, it's somewhere in there. Um, where Daybreakers is just better better writing, I think. Mm-hmm. There is some good moments, though, in this one in the beginning that is kind of claustrophobic and make you kind of worried. And then mm-hmm. there's a couple of moments in the movie where you can see the, di- the dichotomy of the characters. Like one that is not knowledgeable, but trying to hold it together over the other ones that have been there longer. and under. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's yeah. some pretty cool storytelling oh, yeah. there that makes sense yeah but anyway um we do have some trivia though so if you haven't seen this movie i think it's worth a watch at, at the very least watch it one time and then make that determination for yourself don't you know just take her calling it average i think it's better than average like i would watch this again you wouldn't no okay so i'll remember that next time i want to even have, though i've have a good it. time i don't want grumpers over here to fucking... yeah just watch it without me next time okay <laughs> okay <laughs> it's like being by myself anyway so well, yeah there's not is there a movie that you do like that i like or is there is there a movie should we just keep log of the what is there like four movies that we like together yeah <laughs> well you you never watched the dark night with me like ever uh, bullshit <laughs> i always talk about it fondly you don't like any of my movies i like some of them uh, all right i like psycho gorman yeah <laughs> that's a nice middle ground Thank God. <laughs> we have that. Was that the first one in like 10 years? Oh, or? shut up. 
the fuck up. No, it's not. Anyway, let's get into this trivia and the spoilers. So if you don't want anything spoiled for this movie, here is your warning. So this movie is, in my opinion, really effective at keeping you guessing with two separate plot points. The one that you didn't like, the twists, and then all together to the end. I mean, the, the story is, you know, essentially that these guys are on a ship that they're heading to another place and... They took this this new drug or whatever they developed that would speed up their fucking evolution process so that they would adapt better to an, an alien climate because they were kind of taking a stab in the dark at how much oxygen was there until they landed on the planet with a fucking drone. And then they go there and it's like, you know, they want to make sure that they adapt to those environments. So it kind of boosts their immune system and also makes them adapt to their environment. Well, they crash land on this planet and some of the people got out, didn't, couldn't get out. So they just were stuck in this thing and had to learn to survive. And there's all these different types of people who survive. There's the creatures that had no choice but to turn into beasts in order to be survived, you know, to actually survive Mm -hmm. and adapt to their environment. And then there's those who are freshly out of their pods. And we're talking, what is it, 923 years into the future? Something, yeah. Since they left. Right. So I guess it helped them evolve over almost a thousand years. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. I think it's it's really mm-hmm. cool. Right. Uh, and I love the twist where they just land on the planet mm-hmm. and they were in the ocean the whole time. Yeah. But nobody and could get into know. the bridge. I loved how they didn't know. They thought they were still in space. Right. Yeah. And because she even said at one point, oh, where are all the stars? Why isn't there any stars? Right. Because you're in the ocean, you dumb bitch. No, I'm just kidding. Dennis Quaid's character where you find out that he's like crazy and he's got the pandorum and he's been talking to a younger version of himself because mm-hmm. essentially what happened was is he he was a part of eden right mm-hmm. and he set off all those people right mm-hmm. wasn't he one of the oh no 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 that's right he was one of the original people on this uh thing and he got pandorum from the isolation feeling when he heard that there was no more earth mm-hmm. and that's when he started losing his mind right so this mission wasn't thwarted but he was thinking the same thing that it was over and we might as well just be shot out in the space mm-hmm. that, that was a little annoying yeah see that that was the twist that annoyed i can me. i can understand that i didn't i i don't i didn't like that 100 percent because it didn't seem too believable right you would think like you, your whole planet is gone i think it was that like, character i think that was that actor you think? Yeah, because Dennis Quaid played it straight. He played it good. I think at the end. I don't think he played it good. That's at the different. End. Yeah, that's when, when the, the, the when everything started. Yeah, that's down. when the the veil has been ripped off. When so. the, the Fight Club shit started happening. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, I can see there. Like I said, it's flawed, mm-hmm. but there is some potential creative, interesting stuff in here, mm-hmm. and that's why I like it. But what is what is what are some other things that you really didn't like other than just being slow? The cannibal guy, I didn't like him. Really, the one that yeah. was telling the story about I, how everybody like landed and like right. And it, you would think like for as long as he's been awake that you know you'd want to reach out to people to try to be like, hey, what are we doing? What's going on? Instead, of he isolated himself and then just started killing people to eat them. You know, mm-hmm. that was kind of. I didn't think that was realistic at all. Right. Well, they do go to that, that one oh. room where the girl has, like, the bi. Well, the other thing is, that's like, actually, before I mention this, everybody's a survivor, right? But they're all mm-hmm. in different areas. Like, the one guy who doesn't speak English is an agriculture guy. Right. So he does plants and shit. Right. <laughs> and the other girl's a biologist, and they're both fucking warriors. Yeah. 
But they've had to adapt. That's the whole point. It's about survival. And in, right in the beginning, when we when we knew who the lady was, like she's attacking everybody. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? Because like, she's lived a life of feralness, and she doesn't know. <laughs> no sense to me yeah you would think that and the new guy is always like talking about solidarity all the time yeah the foster ben foster's character or whatever mm-hmm. there was a part where you remember when she finally gives in and they work together and then she takes him she's like are you hungry and he's like yeah and she's like well here and reaches in and grabs a cricket and then mm-hmm. gives it to him says it's protein because it is yeah he really ate that that was a real oh, thing. oh that was a real thing that oh, was not funny. a fake one yeah oh wow um, he, he insisted on that, actually. That makes sense. <laughs> Plus, did you know that Ben Foster had his brother in this movie? Oh, who was he? Uh, he was or the guy, extra? he was the Russian guy. Well, that's when his name was in the credits as the Russian guy. Uh-huh. Who was waking up to the, to the blue creatures. <gasps> oh, okay. And he him. got killed. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, well, that kind of adds like a whole new level of why he was like trying to go back to help him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because huh. in a way, it's like his real bro. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Um, the name of the ship is also called Elysium, which means a place or state of perfect happiness. Isn't there a movie called Elysium? <laughs> yes, and I was going to mention that, okay. actually. In Greek mythology, though, the preferred heroes of the gods were transported to Elysium, their final resting ah. place at the ends of the earth. This is a figurative interpretation of the journey to Tanis. Oh, it's Tannis. I thought it was tar- Tardis. Tardis. He said Tardis. Is it oh, Doctor I'm Who? I'm thinking Doctor Who. You yeah, dub, derp. you dub derpier. <laughs> anyway, the Earth-like planet that's considered to be paradise for the chosen, and also makes sense for the movie Elysium too, because mm-hmm. the rich people live in orbit around right. the Earth, and it's called Elysium. Um, didn't their sh- those ships look the same? Uh, no. Because they were, like, circular. The, that's a that's a style that they right. have done for spaceships because the right. theory is in order to create gravity, it, you have to have the round rotating part. Rotating. Yeah, it. it has to create gravity right. by doing that. Well, I still think that's cool. Yeah, that, that you're going to see in a lot of movies right. all the time because... Right. Yeah. So they even talk about having a the cylinder. Um, if we ever do leave the planet, it would be a cylinder mm-hmm. that we would live on, very much right. like Elysium the movie. Right. So... That was a good movie. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not it's as not good perfect. as it's not There's as some... good as District Nine. No, District Nine is good. That's a really good movie. We need to watch that. I'm writing it down. Yeah, I'm dumb. Um, but I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. The director had a hand in helping in the script when they first got it. Remember, I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And he said it was really, really weird that they both had this concept. So, Christian Al, uh, the 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 director, Christian, he actually came up with the idea about the sleep, hypersleep thing, mm-hmm. and that they had been sleep longer than they were, and that, mm-hmm. you know, they had mutated and somehow, you know, evolved into these beasts or whatever. That was his idea. And the other That's guy idea. had a different concept, which was Travis Malloy, the other writer, which uh, was set on a prison ship, and the characters Nadia and Mon were inmates, and Bauer was a non-prisoner who didn't trust anyone. The producers gave the script to Christian Albert, who was shocked by the similarities. And, you know, his title, his title for his movie was called Nowhere, um, about four astronauts aboard a settler ship who suffer from amnesia. And Albert decided that they would wield, weld the two screenplays together to make it. And they both agreed on it. So it made this this better movie, I think, than either of them would have been. Right. Because they would have been too, I think that the prison ship thing is kind of like it would have been. What's it? Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> oh God, no! It would be more like um, that movie that they did. It was like No Escape or something like that. It was on a prison ship or something. Mm. 
I can't remember. I think I think Stallone was in one of them or something like that. Oh. I can't remember. But anyway, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it for the uh, trivia. So, uh, anything you want to bring up that you want to talk about? I do. So, for some reason, I thought I didn't realize, and I might be thinking of another movie. I hope you can help me. For some reason, I thought they never left Earth. That they crashed back down into the ocean of Earth. Oh, that's Is, what you thought. That was that a different movie? Does that sound familiar? No. Because I thought that would be fucking interesting. No, you, yeah, no, there's not another movie like that or okay. this, but, you know. Yeah, I thought they never left Earth. They like. Well, there is kind of a movie that is like that. It's the Planet of the Apes. Oh, no, it wasn't It's kind of like the same thing. No. I mean. Yeah, because I thought they it were. It was just a different time. I thought they were, you know, on the ship the whole time. And, you know, again, they thought they were out of space, but then they come to find out they were still on Earth. Right. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, the only thing closest to it is Planet of the Apes that oh, okay. I can think of. Damn it. I don't know where I got that from. But that's a really that's good a idea. combination someone sh- of ideas. Someone, much. someone should take that idea, okay? Yeah, well, don't, not take it. You know, offer to pay her for it. How about that? Uh, it's not care. even really that... It's not even specific enough for you to own it. And, like, I know, intelligent exactly. Rights, so, yeah. That's fine. Anyway, you know the, 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 the dysfunction that they talk about, the syndrome? called orbital dysfunction syndrome ods Mm -hmm. which is pandorum which is layman's term it's a psychotic break which takes place among the ship's captains when they become convinced the mission is cursed essentially a descent into madness brought on by the pressures of life and space imping on an individual sense of paranoia this is a completely fictional condition by the way Oh, really? Oh. But it's not far from, like... The superstitions of, like, don't bring a redhead onto well, a ship. <laughs> like, it, that kind of stuff. It's possible that there could be, you know, some form of this in space for long periods of time. I mean, I know we've right. had people up there who, like, the, our fucking senator. Right. Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly was up in there, up in space for how long? Like a year? It was like a year, and his bone density fucking got soft. Right. Like, weird. Yeah, I think it's cool because he's a twin, so they were able to, um, that's Transplant. why, went, no, well, no, they were able to compare, like, the twin on Earth to the twin up there. Plus, so they can they share can... wives, so it's kind of weird. Oh, shut up. I don't think Oh, you're out of control. Wait, you're not Mark. <laughs> His dick is way bigger. Oh, my God. <laughs> Horrible. I don't know. I actually like him as a senator, but. Well, for now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> until he doesn't, he doesn't vote for minimum wage like yes. the other one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Why are you getting? Into I don't that? know. Astronauts in space. That's why. <laughs> there you go. When they first, uh, they kill their first uh, blue boy. It's pretty fucking brutal. Like, mm-hmm. or should I say, brutal? Oh my god. <laughs> they cut his uh, hand off. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, they strike him in the head first, and it's like the sword sticks in his head. And it's like, oh, wow, so maybe their head isn't really that important anymore. They've become kind of like a waste of space up there. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes you think, I think about the evolutionary process. Right. And like how they're dumber now in some ways. Like they don't have like the brain <laughs> capacity anymore. So it didn't, right. it didn't affect them. Right. And they're harder to kill. Well, that makes sense. Then it cut off his hand and then they brutally stab it until it bleeds out a bunch of time. And then over the over the fucking side, you see like. A hundred more of them come, mm-hmm. and they're like, we should leave. <laughs> I did like the concept of those creatures. That was a really good idea that they kind of formed yeah. in the captivity thing. 
I feel like, you know? it, I think, it, you know, the creatures are satisfying, but not overly satisfying because right. there's a couple of scenes that I really like that kind of make, give it some lore to those creatures. Mm-hmm. And there's that one scene where he falls down when they're trying to get to the reactor and they're all sleeping underneath right, it right. because it's warm. Right. So they're all like huddled together in this like hive mentality mm-hmm. and they're sleeping so heavily that they're almost in like a hibernation status, like almost uh-huh. like a bear would be for the winter. Right. And they're like hard to wake up, you know? Right. And that, that was creepy because you're like, yeah, that was he creepy. was like crawling over them and shit. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh God. Mm-hmm. And there's like titties, like blue titties and shit <laughs> hanging out, like <laughs> fucking male Jenna blue talia, like hanging out. <laughs> I don't know. No, like when we talk about a sequel, see, I think that would have been a really interesting idea to see if these creatures like made it onto the planet and then having to battle with like humans. Well, that's that was the other like, thing I was going to ask you because at, at the very end of the movie, they had this big fight, and one of the other guys, the Bauer guy, the mm-hmm. Ben Foster's character, is having Pandorum effects too. Mm-hmm. But that is quickly thwarted because he comes around to it because he realizes he's gone crazy, right? And then he's like, okay. And then he it breaks the the window and then all the water comes in and mm-hmm. then they get into the pods and it ends up being that the thing that would have saved them, the ironic thing that right. would have saved them is by hitting the escape pods anyway, right. which is kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah. And they're underwater. So it just shoots them out on the on the ground mm-hmm. or in the water. And all these people keep coming up. And like, would there still be those other characters living in that ocean you know, the, the blue fucking things. Right. Or would they all be drowned out or would they be in skate pods? I think they would make their way back up to the surface. It takes so much to kill them. I think they would be able to swim. I feel like there would be a threat on land. Like right. I'm thinking like, okay, so there's a threat on land. Right. Plus there's these blue guys all of a sudden. You right. realize somehow they survived in the sequel. Right. And so like while they're fucking dealing with this other threat on land... Mm-hmm. To try to survive. Right. Then the then blue guys come to, in. And that whatever's on land is like angry because they also brought those things that are coming from the ocean. Right. You know, yeah, there's a lot of things that they could have done. And would they be highly evolved enough so that they wouldn't even really get sick or would they get sick from maybe they would die from some disease or something? Right, exactly. Like, exactly. Because you don't know how your immune system and stuff is going to yeah, act. They they evolved over 900 years in or 800 and some years in the ship, in the ship, not on the fucking. Mm-hmm. So they haven't built up the immunities that would be. That's another thing I think about when I think about space travel. Mm-hmm. One, would there be enough oxygen for us to even breathe? You know, mm-hmm. would it be the same amount of oxygen Two, how much is the gravity? The gravity could be so much worse. Mm-hmm. Plus getting off a ship of 120 some fucking years mm-hmm. or 900 in stasis, you would have no muscle tissue. Right. <laughs> you would not be able to walk. It would take you months of rehabilitation in order to get off that ship. Right. Or four, maybe we shouldn't ever leave Earth. And maybe we all should die because this is our, like, wow. maybe we're not supposed to leave this planet ever well, and to go and infect other places. Well, no. Oh, wait a second. We're Americans. So, you know. <laughs> well, what, what I was also thinking is, is like, if we do go to another planet, there's going to be all kinds of diseases and shit. Like, right. what's going to happen? Are we going to eat some fruit and then fucking keel over and pop? Right. You know, like, I mean, what, you know, we this is. Well, you would, you, you would adapt like just like viruses and things like that viruses adapt viruses grow stronger i, don't, I think the chances of us surviving on another too. planet are very slim I, th- I do too 
So it's like, why bother? Yeah. Let's just die. <laughs> Light it up, motherfuckers! <laughs> Give me my whiskey. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting to think about what the sequel would be. And it, it really kind of reminds me of, like, Avatar for some reason. I don't know why. I have never finished. I've never watched them. Every, Even I've if tried, you hate it, just I've watch tried, it. I've tried to watch it three times, and I've fallen asleep every single fucking time I've fallen asleep during that movie. Yeah. It just puts me to sleep. You need to just watch it with me and just get it over with, you know, because they're going to make two more and you're going to have to want to, you're going to want to see. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not going to make it. And a lot of people don't like it. I don't, I don't think it's bad. Is it slow or something? Uh, no, there's a lot of action in it. There's just, it was just, just a like, lot of CGI and a lot of people weren't ready for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like watching an animated movie in a way, but they mix the animated. So it's it like oh, and 70% action. animated mm-hmm. with like 30% real. You know what yeah, I mean? Half an hour in, I'm done. I'm well, there's a lot of porn based off Avatar as well. <laughs> How would you know this? Yeah, they stick their tails in each other and shit. It's weird. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> okay. Don't ask how I know. It's not something I like sought after. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm 100 percent sure. Well, you're a movie connoisseur. Yeah, you know, well, we gotta yeah. look for the all those. Gotta find it all. You know. Anyway, so yeah, that was uh, Pandorum. <laughs> Anyway, guys, I would love to hear what you guys think of these two movies. I mean, some people don't even like action horror movies sometimes. You know, they're like very staunch about it. And they're like, it's not scary. I don't want anything to do with it. For me, I'm very open and loose with the uh, horror genre. And uh, I don't mind seeing stuff like this. You are open and loose. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, that's because she's fisting me all the time, guys. (laughs) That's nasty. Yeah, well, she's checking my colon to make sure I don't have cancer. So... It's a good girl. Nobody wants to hear this. It's Stop. A good girl. <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap it up. You you wanted to lean into it. Fuck you. I was You're the one to, that brought it up. I, I didn't was say shit. To make a joke. Oh uh, yeah, well, that's what happens when you bring up jokes. Anyway, guys. So next week we're gonna be watching uh, Fear Footage Three. Fear Footage Three A.M. And then uh, something else. Something else. Maybe maybe we can ask you guys if you guys have ideas. Like just uh, write us on our episode. You know, if you want to share this episode with your friends or know someone know somebody that might enjoy it like you, then uh, please share that with them. That's how we exist. But yeah, no, we appreciate you guys, and we will see you next week. And as always, Bloodless Point.